0: Thank you for listening to The Actors Room. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes and leave comments and reviews. The show is also on Facebook, Twitter, Google Music, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. The website for the show is theactorsroom.libson.com. The site gives you access to all past episodes. Enjoy the show.
1: go to an acting school? No. What
2: do
1: you do? No, I started acting through auditioning and trial by error, basically. How old were you then when you started? Ten. was does that sound? Mm-hmm. Television commercials, and then later you uh, get cast in a film, if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. I can't really explain why I understand what I understand, I just do. Mm-hmm. And to try to figure it out, I think, would kind of ruin it, you know. Mm. I want to leave it like a a mine of gold, you know, without ever mining it, you know, and selling it. I don't want to sell it off. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to understand it in a way that will exploit the pureness. So I just leave it. I don't understand it, but I I believe it. You're a natural. I'm not saying anything. Mm. I'm saying it. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, I thought you you did a wonderful performance in that movie. And it scares the shit out of me, too, to be frank. To be in front of a camera? Oh, it's so frightening. Oh. That's why when I almost said set, I, I never look at the camera. Oh. You don't look at the camera. That's funny. I'm very frightened right now. I'm dealing with it somehow. Yeah, you're dealing with it quite well. But I really am frightened. Oh. This is very... Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> a tributary to the Holland imported...
3: River Phoenix. Welcome back everybody to the Actors Room. My name is Jeff Tarowski. And uh, we're going to highlight the young, talented River Phoenix that passed way before his time. And just like James Dean, uh, feeling cheated out of what he could have gave us. All those wonderful performances we missed out on. And in that clip I just played for you, that is a a rare clip, a rare interview given by Phoenix. uh, Just after the completion of... My own private Idaho. He had been overseas. And um, gave this interview. It's um, I didn't know if I should play it. But I felt that I should. And I decided to play it. And I cut out a lot. If you want to go ahead and listen to the full interview. It's on iTunes. I'm sorry. It's on YouTube. Just go in there. You put in a River Phoenix interview. Rare. And it will come up. It's like a maybe a four-minute interview. And I'm not quite sure if they went ahead and edited out some stuff. And I think they did. It's hard to watch if you're a really big fan of River Phoenix. And I'll tell you why. He's going through some shit at this point in his life. And you could tell in the interview, either he's been up for about five days. He's on a binge. And as you know... River Phoenix was a drug addict, Uh, uh, heroin, for sure, Um, whatever else he was doing, cocaine. I know he smoked a lot of marijuana, um, but it's hard to watch that interview. But he exposes himself in a way that he doesn't in front of the camera giving interviews about movies, uh, giving interviews about uh, other things that uh, he has to do for work. This interview is very um, candid, and so candid you get to see a River Phoenix you usually don't see. So if you're interested to view him in that state, I suggest you watch it, and he says some things that are quite colorful, um, interesting things, but some of the things that I played for you in that clip, you get to see and hear River talk freely about some things. And one of the things that he revealed was the way he goes about approaching acting. And this is what this show is all about. The Actors Room is highlighting these wonderful people that find it not easy, but, well, maybe easy, to do what they do. And do it so wonderfully. And River Phoenix is a perfect example of just that. A very rare example as well. Because he, like the interviewer said he's natural and he knew it too never took any acting classes he started out at a very young age he, uh, like he said, auditioned for television got television roles, did commercials did uh, television shows and ultimately got cast in film at a young age, very impressionable young age and did very well because he was natural in front of the camera It just came to him. He was indeed an open wound. He was so impressionable, open to anything and everything. The guy was just, he was, it's hard to explain some things. You have an idea in your head and you want it to come out and really mean something. What's hard to do with River, in a way, because he was so open. And he really showed himself on the screen. And I think that's why we loved him so much. And miss him so much. He truly was inspirational. A James Dean figure because of the fact he passed away when he was 24 years old. He died. And this is another reason why I wanted to do River this week. Is because it has been 24 years since his death. October 31st, 1993. And... Before we continue talking about River... And I'm listening to myself right now. And I'm like sad. I really love him so much. And it's going to be really hard to be uppity in this episode. Because I think of him being not here. And how shitty that really is. So before we get into talking about River... And his acting. We have to talk about his family. And Rivers family. Was a big part of his life. And all of his family. Were his port in any storm. That was going on with his life. Whether it was good or bad. He, he shared it with his family. And his mother. Was a beacon for him. Her name is Arlen. Dennitz, And she was born in 1944. In the Bronx. Um, and she was actually a secretary in her early life. And she married a computer operator when she was only uh, 23 years old. Is that right? Yep, 23. Um, and all she wanted really was to be loved and have a family. You know, she thought of herself as being a mom, uh, being, a, I think, ultimately a housewife, and taking care of her kids. But I think she reached, reached a certain point in her life. Where she felt that she needed more. It wasn't enough just to be a wife at this time. So she decided to drop everything, all right, and hit the road, head west. She astonished her husband. She floored her parents and the rest of her family with this decision. She was basically dropping everything, leaving it all behind to be a hippie. She was going to hitchhike her way out west to California. River's father's name is John Lee Bottom, and it was common for him to run away from home. All right. Uh, He was born on June 14th, 1947, and was from California, uh, just east of Los Angeles. It wasn't a happy childhood for John. His father paid more attention to his business than his son. And then John's mother was in a bad car accident, which left her a shell of herself. So with all of this extra strain, John's father began to drink, and drink heavily he did. Then one day, he just left. And then, because the father was gone, the mother was sent to a home for the care that she needed. River's dad was now living with his older brother. And his name was Bobby. He was six years older. And then ultimately joined the Navy. And then John was all alone. And this ultimately put him in an orphanage. Now John is quoted as saying this. I ran away from home to become a songwriter in Hollywood. Now I think he was probably around. I'm not kidding. Thirteen at this time. Now of course not much came of this short stay in Hollywood. And he was sent back home. Then he ran away to Long Beach to live with his aunt and uncle. And begged for them to take him in. They said no. So back to the orphanage he went. He quickly went from a timid boy to an angry teenager. And when you think about this for a second here. This poor kid. He just wanted somewhere to stay. And not to be left in an orphanage. I really feel sorry for his dad here. Uh, he had no direction whatsoever. And, and because of this, he drank heavily, smoked pot, and rode a motorcycle. Now, this is an interesting thing. John claims he spent a year and a half in the hospital when he got into a horrible bike accident. Now, relatives remark that they do not remember this accident and believed he received his troubled back issues from working as a carpenter at this time. Now, was John trying to make sense of his mom's terrible accident in the past? Or was he having trouble deciphering between fantasy and reality? Or, was he so estranged from his family that they could not keep up with his life? Well, in any sense, it's a sad tale. And at 15, he got a girl pregnant. This resulted in a daughter named Trust. But just like his own father, John did not stick around. With Vietnam just around the corner, and the draft looming over his head, he left for Canada. About a year later, he made it back into the United States and headed to California in his Volkswagen minibus, of course. Then he saw a pretty little lady sticking out her thumb and asking for a ride. The pretty little lady was River's mom. And River would go on to say that he felt that the two of them were just meant to be together. His mom and dad saw eye to eye on many views of the world. They fell in love almost immediately. They spent the next two years moving around California, living in communes. And LSD became a big part of their lives. And Arlen says it was a gift from God. She felt it was the only way to feel the true power of God. River's parents were indeed flower children and professed peace and love. They ended up in Oregon with Arlen pregnant with River. Now his mother refused to be hospitalized and had River right there on the property of a farm they had been working at. So on August 23rd, 1970, River Jude Bottom was born. The name River would be translated to a cleansing force of nature flowing through all existence. And his middle name Jude was a reference to the Beatles' Hey Jude. There was much hope and expectation for this young soul. The young family became nomads and traveled across the west. The parents still used drugs on a regular basis. Then they seeked out religion. Now, I'm delving into River's parents and bringing up all of this because I believe it had a huge impact on his life and death. So that's, if you're feeling I'm kind of diving into this a little too much, there's a reason why, and I'll get to that later. Spirituality is powerful, and we are all part of the same element. Life is a miracle, and it's magic, and nobody really understands it. We are all part of this creation, this journey. There's a great power that comes from that. And here is a direct quote from a book titled Last Night at the Viper Room by Gavin Edwards. And here is his quote from that book. Quote, His parents' aimless voyage of self-discovery was transforming into a quest for the divine. Their faith was like a body of water searching for a vessel that would give it shape. They found it, or it found them. And what they found was a sect called the Children of God. Now, this religion, uh, Children of God, was run by a man named David Berg. And he called to attention the Corinthian scripture, which states this, All things are lawful to us. Dangerous scripture to take literal my friends okay <laughs> very dangerous now, I think is this is on par with the saying of the black magician uh an extremely dangerous human being Aleister Crowley, okay now his preaching stated that do thou or it was something it was like a do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law I mean something like that it, just creepy stuff man uh and very dangerous there was to be sexual liberation in this religion Berg was the first to practice this freedom and then it was expected of the rest of this religion their message was praise the Lord and fight the system but former members have been quoted as saying that this religion was a Christian sex cult then their leader David Berg became more reclusive and communicated to his followers by way of letters but more like a newspaper, is what I think it was. And then later it turned into a magazine. They're like pamphlets. They read like Playboy editorials, people said. Here's something of what you would find in one of these newsletters. Listen to this, quote, I really let myself go and enjoy sex to the full, wild and free, to the absolute utmost. It was only then that God also helped me to achieve this spirituality and mental and physical freedom. To completely explode in a total orgasm of physiological, social, economical, political, religious, and sexual freedom and liberty and worldwide accomplishment." End of quote. So this is what the families like River Phoenix were dealing with here. Berg believed that the Bible approved of adultery and incest. Oh boy! Um I'm going to go ahead and take a moment and talk about this religion, this so-called religion. And I understand its overall message might have been very good. Uh they went out and spread the word of God. Um they wanted it to be a family thing, but it also kind of just mixed up the families. I guess they would mix the families up and the the kids would go and live with other families. It was more like them becoming one unit more than a family family thing. So Uh, They mixed it up, and that's very dangerous. I think that's a very dangerous idea, that kids were taken away from their parents and then were being raised by other people. So you can imagine things getting kind of messy at some point. But, uh, you know, uh, one of these examples is the actress called Rose McGowan. uh, And she has spoken up about her childhood, and she was in this uh, cult. I want to call it a cult, and that's exactly what she called it as well, and how awful it was for her. She claimed... They shut you off from the outside world. You were theirs to mold. By the age of three, McGowan was already questioning her surroundings. She knew something was evidently wrong. Her family decided it was time to escape, and they did. They ran through a cornfield in the middle of the night during a thunderstorm. That is some scary shit right there. So in 1972, John and Arlen joined the Children of God. They donated all their possessions and were ready to devote their life to Christ. The church's communes were said to look like pawn shops or garage sales with a bunch of TV sets and stereos ready for resale. Fucked up. With 30 other believers, the Bottom family trekked 800 miles to Colorado to start a new commune. Soon they were sent to Texas for leader training. It was at this time that John and Arlen decided to change their names. John became Amram, and Arlen became, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Jacobed, I don't know. Silly if you ask me, changing a name like that, but hey, you know what? People can change their name to whatever they want, right? Hey, God bless them. Um, And on November 21st, 1972, they had their second child, a baby girl, and named her Rain, Joan of Arc. John delivered the baby himself. Brave man. The family was becoming well established in the Children of God religion and were sent to the south in order to spread the word. River would state later that they moved around a lot. They lived in Mexico and then Puerto Rico and that is where Joaquin was born in 1974. River became fluent in Spanish at this time and got a nickname, Rio, which is of course the Spanish word for river. Then they moved further south in South America countries, and then to Venezuela. John was then named Archbishop of Venezuela and the Caribbean. Okay then, so now you got the family in charge of a group of other families, and it's a small community, okay? And keep in mind that the children of God religion is sending no money to them. They're not backed with anything. They are on their own, which meant that the children ran the risk of not being fed at times. The Bottoms family had a solution to this problem. And here it is. Having the children beg. There you go. The kids would sing in the street by performing children of God songs while getting donations. Members of the religion have said that John and Arlen were devoted parents to their children. Always there for them. They were a unit. And one of the main reasons they were in this group Is because they wanted to stay off of drugs. So what I gather is. This religion. This children of God. Was a way for the parents to sort of get. Right with the world. Right with the Lord. And stay off of drugs. And do it for their kids. So in that way I can see what they're doing. But you also have to take into consideration. Just how this lifestyle is affecting your children. And by the age of five. River was learning how to play the guitar. Uh, River and his siblings were performing everywhere. Hospitals, jails, the streets. They did it because they needed the money, and River passed along his love of music, which is what he really loved to do. He would also say that many people would gather and listen to them. He truly loved music. By the age of six, River was the sole support of his family. Wait a minute. What? (laughs) What? What is absolutely downright ludicrous? Okay, a six-year-old being the breadwinner? Freaking come on. Okay, moving on. Now, I understand that the parents believed that they were doing the right thing and doing the right thing in the world and being God's servants and I get all that stuff. I'm not trying to judge them, but come on. Okay, this is the story. If River and his siblings didn't make enough money during the day, singing on the streets, the family didn't eat. Now that's not fair. You know, not too much pressure on River and the rest of the kids there, you know? I mean, come on. So River would figure out where the hot spots were. The airports and hotels. On July 5th, 1976, another girl was born and her name was Liberty. River's mom would enter the kids into musical contests, but no success. The family was poor, but happy, they said. Here is a quote from River at this time. Quote, I've been through some rough times. I've seen a lot, even though I'm still young. But I feel that when you're born into a way of life, and that's all you know, you don't mind it. The good times and the bad are all part of the experience. End of quote. I believe River uses his experiences when he acts. He had a lot going on inside, and he had a feeling to bring all that to the table when he acted. In 1976, the Children of God leader David Berg sent out this message The religion would now be instilling a new policy, and that was to go flirty fishing. Flirty fishing. And now I realize what you're asking yourself. What the hell is that? Well, I'm going to tell you. It was now a requirement for women to go out and recruit men by offering up their bodies for sex. Great ethics. Just great ethics. And the Bottom family said, you know what? We're out. Thank God. Arlen would go on to say that this guy running things was just going crazy. And he was using sex to gain members. So they said, no way, we're not touching this. And River's dad, on the other hand, had this to say about Berg. Listen to this quote from River's father. Quote, he may have been a sexual pervert, but he is still a better man than a lot of people. End of quote. Disagree. Disagree wholeheartedly here, dad. He is a sexual pervert. You know, there are many, 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 many men better than him. Believe me. And I'm going to end it right there before I blow a gasket. So, poor and hungry, the family took to the streets and the parents continued to use the kids as their main form of income. I don't like it. I'm expressing my opinion right now. I say, go out and get a damn job, mom and dad. <laughs> I, just, I just feel that these kids were exploited. I mean, isn't that plain? I think it is. And I don't think I'm wrong with that statement. The family was at a low when River was 7 years old and he remembered his 7th birthday. And it was nothing to brag about. They were living on the beach in a rat-infested shack with no toilet. Their main form of food was scavenging coconuts and mangoes from the trees. In certain interviews, you can hear River say that his parents were missionaries when he was young. And River would bend the truth for his parents. You know, He didn't want to reveal what they were doing and especially being involved in a cult. He didn't want to come out and say that. So you know, see who he was he was protecting them and himself. Okay. The Children of God cult that River and his parents were in was known to abuse kids sexually. I went into this research not knowing if River was abused or not. I went in hoping and praying that it wasn't the case. And you know, he looked happy for the most part. You know, such a wonderful human being. And doing this research, I found out that he was, damn it. There was an interview he gave in 1991 with the magazine Details. He claimed he was sexually active by the age of four. The age of four. I can't fathom that. He then went on to say that he blocked it out. Uh, he revealed his secrets to friends, but never released it to the world, and for good reason. I'm pissed right now. Okay. Piecing together his childhood into his young adult life is becoming easier now. It really is. Uh, His knowledge of the world, his wisdom, was beyond those of most. He had experienced more than some adults would in their entire lifetimes. River would say that he was sexually active from the age of 4 to 10. And then was celibate until the age of 14. When he was 18, someone asked him if he had a happy childhood. His reply, quote, happy? Well, it was interesting, end of quote. River became a vegan early on in his life, and it was a big part of who he was. Uh, He was aware of all life's living creatures and how they impacted the world. The thought of an animal being mistreated sickened him, so there would be no meat to eat for him, no dairy, no eggs. He felt it was a link to perfection and peace. Soon enough, the whole family was also a part of this plan. So the whole family sort of became vegan in some way. Uh, The the family made their way back to America when River was 8 years old. The only school he attended was at the age of uh, 6 in first grade. He said everyone picked on him, especially for his name. Young Riverbottom was telling fellow classmates that he wanted to change the world. They would say, This kid is weird. The family rounded out their bunch in 1978 with the birth of another daughter named Summer. Four-year-old Joaquin was feeling left out with his name being so mundane, being Joaquin, and asked his dad if he could change it. Uh, He said, sure, what do you want to be called? And I guess at the time his dad was raking up some leaves, and uh, he pointed and said, why not Leaf? So that's what he was called. And uh, I remember his name being Leaf. For a while, you know, when he did Parenthood with Steve Martin, he was referred to as Leaf at that time, and for some reason, I guess he changed it back. And when I saw that he was being called Joaquin, I was like, "What? Why is he calling himself Joaquin?" I thought his name was Leaf. I was confused, but I guess his original name was Joaquin. Then he changed it to Leaf because he felt left out. I mean, what his uh, other uh, siblings were called: River, Rain, uh, Summer. Uh, <laughs> So he's like, "Hey, guy, what's? Why can't I be called something like that? That's cool. I I feel so left out." So he picked Leaf, and he uh, he uh, I guess he stuck with Leaf for a little while, and then decided to go back to Joaquin. So that's explaining that a little bit because I mean he's a big actor now. So uh, I, I will probably dive into Joaquin down the road. I think that he's very fascinating as well, and diving into his life uh, will sort of you know resemble Rivers, of course, but um, it should be fun talking about him. Or, frustrating, talking about these these kids' childhoods. My God, this is crazy. River's dad eventually started a landscaping company, and the kids would help. They lived well among their neighbors, and the kids would have sleepovers with other kids. And, you know, they were still poor, uh, and other kids in the neighborhood would call them names and stuff like that. But River would go on to say, but they never really felt, you know, like offended, because they didn't know what the hell the names that they were calling them were. So you figure, how can they be offended if they didn't know what they were being called? I guess that makes sense. Um, I guess the landscaping business didn't last long because John hurt his back. So Arlen got a job as a secretary and the family was struggling mightily. John thought they could turn their troubles around by doing this. Hey, we're going to change our last name. Why not? His replacement name that he picked was Phoenix, the glorious firebird of Greek mythology. It's a symbol of resurrection. River was still playing his guitar non-stop. Him and his sister Rain were practicing their act and decided to take on more popular songs. The parents were focused on them making it in showbiz. And River didn't mind at all. He loved it. He never felt pushed into performing. He took it on and enjoyed playing his guitar and singing for people. It was his release. He was able to express himself. They entered every contest they could find. River would show a great amount of confidence at an early age about his performing, and he knew he was good. Now, I guess River got uh, wrote up in a local newspaper, and the family decided to send it out to studios. So I guess he was, uh, you know, doing a lot of the musical acts, and one of the local newspapers uh, did a story on River, and uh, it was a flattering story. So the family decided to go ahead and send this newspaper article to all the main studios in Los Angeles, New York, wherever to grab some attention. Well, they got a response from Penny Marshall and she stated that they were interested in seeing the Phoenix children and to stop by whenever they wanted. It was no rush, but if they were ever in the area they should stop by and they can have a chat. So the Phoenix family got excited by this prospect and decided to pick up And head out to California. They had in their minds that River would be instrumental in changing the world for the better. And making it a holier place. That is some crazy wishful thinking. But they believed it. They arrived in Los Angeles and paid a visit to the studio. And of course were sent away. They were naive about making it right away. And found themselves bouncing from hotel to hotel. Apartment to apartment. And the kids once again took to the streets and played until the police came to shoot them away. Then they found another corner to continue. Even the younger siblings would be placed into the act, each having an instrument to play. It seems this was the family's main income. John was laid up and some family members claimed that he was just being lazy. Then Arlen got a job as a secretary working for a man that was head of casting at NBC. Very smart move, Mom. And soon enough, she had her children auditioning for everything. River was the center and called a little Elvis. Even with hundreds of kids up for commercial parts, he would land several spots. But after about a year of doing commercials, he was done. He hated it. He just hated doing commercials. When this was brought up to his agent, she wasn't happy. It was never a good idea to turn down work but she gave in and focused on getting him into television shows. His first television role was playing the little brother to Richard Dean Anderson. Now, if you remember, Anderson played MacGyver. Uh, The series featured a musical number in every show, and River showed his stuff. River, being a vegan, created problems on the set. He refused to wear any leather and had to do the best they could to find plastic replacements. And then he got picked on by the other classmates because of this. He didn't know how to cope with this. He would burst into tears and found himself alone on the set playing his guitar. And I brought that up because it goes to show just how sheltered River Phoenix was. He was in the bubble of his parents' world. okay. And I think he had a hard time socializing and understanding those concepts. Um, The show was cancelled after 22 episodes in 1983, and Rivers spent the next few years gaining experience auditioning, getting a few jobs, getting rejected, but always doing enough to keep himself motivated. It was an ABC after school special that Rivers showed promise, and also of note, was working alongside his brother Leaf. You can actually watch this clip on YouTube, and it's pretty damn cute, seeing the two of them Acting together. I mean, they're really young. Uh, He then appeared in a pilot TV series that went nowhere and it starred Jason Bateman. Interesting. Then came another TV series called Hotel in 1984. Next up was a mini series about Robert Kennedy and River played one of his kids. Other child actors that were in this show were Shannon Doherty and Jason Bateman. Once again, Jason Bateman. River was now 14 at this time, and instead of attending high school as a freshman, he was instead becoming a steadfast regular of the Hollywood auditioning scene, and he stood out from the others. He got cast in the television film called Surviving with Molly Ringwald. River would win the Young Artist Award for his performance. He was slowly learning how to slip into someone else's skin. While filming Surviving... He got an audition for a movie called Explorers. He felt good about the part, and he got it. He would star along with Ethan Hawke, and he claims that River was no normal 13-year-old. He says that he would see River in the parking lot practicing his character's walk. He played a nerd, and uh, he was good at it. Uh, it w- And I think that the, uh, the casting director and the director himself really wanted River, and he could have played any of those roles. He wanted River to play the hardest part, and that was the part of the nerd. And and I found this to be kind of a cute tidbit here. Um, he wasn't used to the fact of him playing a nerd. He didn't want to play a nerd, so it kind of bothered him a little bit. I mean, he took it on, and he did really well. But after they yelled cut, and they wrapped up a scene, he quickly took, took off his glasses, like immediately, because he just felt Very self-conscious about wearing glasses and the fact that he looked like a nerd. And just being a normal teenager, any teenager would react in that way, even River Phoenix. But the challenging role paid off, and he learned a great deal from this film. Ethan and River became fast friends on set and competed for the attention of their pretty co-star. Ethan also exposed River to different ways of thinking, and River found his mind expanding. Ethan would go on to say that he felt River to be extremely naive about the world he lived in, his social skills were lacking, because he had never been to school, and that he was making his own mythology. River went to the extreme. River had done more work in television than watching it. There were never televisions in the Phoenix house, you gotta remember. So he didn't really watch television. And he would find himself being transfixed when he sat and watched MTV for the very first time. And he also didn't understand why people thought the Three Stooges were funny. <laughs> the, kid, the kid was just too serious, I think. He just was. I mean, I'm sure they laughed and stuff like that in the Phoenix household. You know, I'm sure they carried on and had a great time. I'm not saying that. But for some reason, he was never shown that sort of comedy, that silliness factor. Uh, his sense of humor just was off base. He was different because he was sheltered. I want to go ahead and correct a mistake I made earlier, which I'm really ashamed of. Uh, I had earlier stated that uh, River Phoenix passed at the age of 24. That is wrong. He died when he was 23. So I wanted to go ahead and correct that mistake. When I go back and listen to, to things, uh, I noticed that I was like, 24? no. 23 so I apologize and if I ever catch a mistake I will go ahead and correct it later on in the episode Okay, um, River had fun on the set of Explorers and became close friends with Ethan Hawke and there are some quotes given by Hawke that I will reveal in a moment that can't be ignored because of really good stuff but Phoenix would say that all the actors worked well together on set and even though they got on the nerves of the adults around them he said quote When we get hyper, we get on adults' nerves. And we get tired of just hanging around the set. And maybe we, like, light people on fire and stuff. End of quote. You know, I really hope they weren't actually lighting people on fire. River would end up asking Ethan Hawke this question. Are you going to be famous? Hawke shrugged it off and played it cool. And told Phoenix that he didn't know. But Phoenix replied, I'm going to be famous. Definitely. Rich... And famous. I have to do it for my family. End of quote. The kid had the world on his back. It was almost like he was expected to save the family from ruin. And you have to realize that he was only 14 years old. One day, River's father, John, showed up to the film set, drunk. River tried to laugh it off, but you could see that it was hurtful, and he was embarrassed. Although Explorers didn't do well at the box office, it was a turning point in River's career. He held his own on the biggest screen, and a wider audience took notice of him. You saw flashes of greatness, I think, in Phoenix. And you also saw some really good stuff from Hawk, too, in this film, The Explorers. Um, And here we go. I wanted to give you some valuable quotes from Ethan Hawk, who I find to be very intelligent. Quote Child acting is profoundly negative and hurtful. Sure, it's natural for kids to act in school plays. But to be adulated by fans is not natural. It's not natural for a 14-year-old to have adults fetch them coffee. End of quote. Now, Hawk would end up attending high school instead of acting for the next four years. So after Explorers, Hawk went and attended high school. So I assume that after Explorers, he became a freshman. Um, Although he did audition for Stand By Me and didn't get cast he recalls his classmates asking for his autograph because he knew River Phoenix. He threw me into fits of envy, says Hawk, because I respected him. He became widely famous, and I was in French class, end a quote. Hawk went on to say this as well, quote, My biggest fear was that you get a lot of success as a young person and don't know who you are. I was just worried I would turn into somebody I hated. And that's what makes you come off as pretentious. But the one thing you learn pretty quickly is that you don't take yourself seriously because nobody else is going to. And now i will end this quoting session with this quote about River. This is from Hawk, of course. Quote, I would have really wanted to work with him again. I had a really hard time with the idea that he wasn't going to give me the opportunity to be better than him. I'm a very competitive person. He caught fire with his performance in my own private Idaho. He was somebody really worthy of being competitive with. And that's the end of the quote.
4: Hey, we're back here with the boss man, Bob Cormier. From the racks and stacks, it's the best on wax. It's the Cordettes with Lollipop. Lollipop, lollipop, boy.
0: Oh, lollipop, lollipop. Hey, I got some Winstons, i them off my old man's dresser, I want a piece for after supper. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's one cigarette tastes best, after supper. Right. Do you think I'm weird? Definitely. No man, seriously. Am I weird? Yeah, but so what, everybody's weird. You ready for school? No. Junior high. You know what that means. The next junior will be split up. What are you talking about? Why would that happen? It's not going to be like grammar school, that's why. If you're taking your college courses and meet Teddy and Vern while we'll be in the shop courses with the rest of the retards making ashtrays and birdhouses, you're going to meet a lot of new guys. Smart guys. Eat a lot of pussies is what you mean. No, man. Don't say that. Don't even think that. I'm not going in with a lot of pussies. Forget it. Well, then you're an asshole. What's asshole about wanting to be with your friends? It's asshole if your friends drag you down. You hang with us, you'll just be another wise guy with shit for brains. I mean, you could be a real writer someday, Gordy. Fuck writing. I don't want to be a writer. It's stupid. It's a stupid waste of time. That's your dad talking. Bullshit. full true. I know how your dad feels about you. He doesn't give a shit about you. Danny was the one he cared about, and don't try to tell me different. You're just a kid, Gordy. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. Wish the hell I was, your dad. You wouldn't be going around talking about taking these stupid shop courses if I was. It's like God gave you something, man. All those stories that you can make up. And he said this is what we got for you kid, try not to lose it. But kids lose everything unless there's someone there to look out for them. And if your parents are too fucked up to do it, then maybe I should. Come on you guys, let's get moving. Yeah, by the time we get there the kid won't even be dead anymore.
3: River is amazing in this performance. He crossed over from pretty damn good to pretty damn terrific in this historic film. And that is truly noteworthy. River opened his eyes to acting and then refused to close them after this performance. That scene I just played showed us this. His confidence is off the charts, especially at such a young age. His character Chris is wiser than his years, just like River. Although he isn't a tough guy in real life, he pulled it off in front of the camera just fine. The director Rob Reiner said that River looked like a young James Dean. His co-star, Will Wheaton, who played Gordy, went on to say that River was so mature that he was intimidated by him, at first, but soon realized how sensitive he was, so talented and so cool. River and another co-star, Corey Feldman, would hang out and go to parties together. Though extremely underage, it was not uncommon for them to get drunk and smoke pot. Phoenix was also courting a young lady that worked on the picture, and he was determined to snag her. And at the age of 15, he lost his virginity the right way. In the scene where River cries about stealing the milk money is a sweet moment in film history. Rob Reiner struggled with River at first in the scene because Rob felt that River was holding back in previous takes. But after a bit of coaxing, the scene clicked and River showed his brilliance. River would later say, It was not easy watching himself be so vulnerable. His next performance was on one of my favorite TV shows, Family Ties. I really love that show. I'm a big Michael J. Fox fan. I'm one of the biggest Michael J. Fox fans ever. Um, I think I watched Back to the Future, I'm not kidding, about 200 times, at least. I have watched it probably three times already this year. I can't get enough of that movie. I don't know what it is about that movie. It entertains me every time I see it. But anyways, he was on Family Ties. And I remember that episode because I loved Family Ties. He played a genius math student. And uh, it was nice to see Michael J. Fox and him work together. uh, See a little bit of comedic timing between the two of them. And it worked fine. Uh, River was making some good money at this time. And was delivering his end of the bargain to be the family breadwinner. Wow. And when you think about that. How the family picked up everything and went to California to make it in showbiz. Uh, get their kids to be in the movies. And the parents would just kind of be like managers and there for support and help them. It really started to come true uh, at this point. And here's River. He did a very successful film. And now he's doing television work on a very popular sitcom. So the money started to roll in at this time. So it was actually happening. Also of note is that at the age of 16, River Phoenix used cocaine for the first time. In 1986, River would next act alongside Harrison Ford in the Mosquito Coast. I loved this film. Underrated and sort of a forgotten one. I appreciate these sorts of movies about survival and kind of roughing it out and stuff because I could never do that. So I'm intrigued with watching films that I would never do or experience. And Harrison Ford and River play father and son. This would lead to River playing a young Ford as Indiana Jones. I remember a comment my dad had made to me when we were watching this film, uh, probably for maybe the second or third time. It wasn't the first time we saw it, but we all sat down as a family to watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Well, he commented something, which is very rare for my dad. He's not a film critic. He's really not you know, a film guy. He appreciates good movies. Don't get me wrong. He does. But he said something that I will never forget. He's like, that actor playing young Harrison Ford is really good. He acts just like him. That is a hell of a compliment. And it stuck with me. In, and it also raised the, my respect for River Phoenix. He just pops off the screen, doesn't he? I mean, there are not many actors that possess presence on film the way he does. River started a relationship with Martha Plimpton in Mosquito Coast, because she was also in the film. They had met a year earlier, but romance blossomed in the jungle. She was his first girlfriend. Mosquito Coast also exposed him to this life-changing acting choice. He quickly found that he could immerse himself into a role, and it made him forget about his pain. It was a way to escape and to help his performance. His method and the combination of alcohol and drugs became a part of that. So this is significant. On the set in the making of Mosquito Coast, he found that really diving into the character like that and using alcohol and drugs helped him and made him feel good. Critical choice made for River Phoenix at this time in his life. Stand by Me reached the theaters during this time, and River Phoenix became a star. His face started popping up on all the magazines. And if you remember, if you grew up in the 80s or 70s, even the 90s, probably. I mean, I don't, I really don't see these magazines now. But back in the day, man, you went to the drugstore, you went to your your local grocery store, right? You would see those magazines. They would have a few Sports Illustrated. They'd have a few, uh, you know entertainment magazines for, you know, the older people. And then there was a whole freaking wall of these teen magazines. Holy shit. There was about 20 different of them. Teen bop. Bop this, bop that. Teen star. Well, River Phoenix was always on those covers of the magazine. Him like, uh, what was it, Uh, Kirk Cameron was on there a lot. Corey Haim, I think, was a big star with the teeny boppers so to speak well river phoenix became a star at this time and his face was popping up on these magazines and was making him even a bigger sensation the other phoenix kids had jumped into the fray as well leaf or joaquin i prefer leaf was doing movies and would go on to be one of the biggest stars of today of course and an interesting tidbit about phoenix came from his girlfriend martha plimpton She loved hanging around his family, but felt they had kept him in a bubble his whole life. He wasn't socialized, and thought it unhealthy that they proclaimed him a prophet. Just too much pressure for any 16-year-old. And this was going on way before then, Martha. And I think she knew that too. But she saw it as a very dangerous thing. His next film, The Night in the Life of Jimmy Reardon, was not an awful film, but failed to deliver on a lot of levels. And It's a fun film. and Director and actor William Richard. Would go on to be one of River's biggest fans and friends. And River would sort of see him as a father figure. Um, this uh, William Richard guy. He absolutely adored River. And also states that when he saw him for the first time. He could see his bright aura. A light shining from within. And I find that interesting. How some people just sort of have a light around them. And I'm not saying they're beaming at the pores. But you could see that some people just have that it factor. They actually glow. And William Richard saw his glow. Uh, Matthew Perry also starred in the film. Hundreds of girls would line up around the set to get a glimpse of River. And he relished in the attention. Uncomfortable? Yes. But he seemed to enjoy it from the research that I've done about River. It just seemed like he did like it. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, any normal teenage guy, right? He's 16 at this time, having girls lining up to take a look at you. I think that any teenage 16-year-old would be happy with that. I'm pretty positive about that. Little Nikita was next in 1988. And I'm not going to get into this one. It is notable because he worked with Sidney Potier, but the critics out there said that the best thing about this film was River's hair. <laughs> it, it, listen to this. His hair had body, character, and even drama. The kid had great hair though. He really did. Fantastic hair. Okay. Running on Empty is a landmark film for Phoenix. He finally got to show us how talented he was as an artist. He also got to showcase his ability to play music and appreciate it. Although his playing of the piano is dubbed, you could tell. And he took a lot of time, months, to get all of the music down just right. And I really wish... They would have played what River played. I really do. I understand that Sidney Lumet, who was the director of this film, decided against it. But I think it would have been a wonderful touch to the film. And I think River Phoenix could have pulled it off just fine. I wish they would have used him playing the piano for real. Now, the director, Lumet, felt that River had a purity about him that could not be denied. Purity and power. River had some doubts about a line he had, right? So it was important for him to do it right. Make it feel right. Lume said that River doesn't have a false bone in his body. He can't utter a false line. And a little example of how sheltered River was, there is a line in the film that has General Patton brought up. River had to stop the scene and ask who he was. He also acted with his girlfriend Martha. And the two had tremendous chemistry. They did. They had some really nice scenes together. These two kids acted alongside one another, not easy to do. Uh, You can also see River having fun in this film. He let it all hang out, and he enjoyed himself. But his signature part and scene in this film is displayed in this clip, showing one of the greatest scenes of his career. I'm a liar. My name isn't Michael.
2: It's Danny. My parents are Arthur and Annie Pope. They're in trouble with the FBI for blowing up a napalm laboratory in 1971. There was a man who was almost killed, a janitor who wasn't supposed to be there. We put Sam on the birthday cakes, on all the birthday cakes, because we change our names every time we move. I've been doing this since I was two. I don't know any other way. I just wanted to tell you that I was sorry. I wanted to explain why I can't talk about a lot of things, like college. I can't go to college. I can't leave them. And I wanted to tell you why I couldn't be with you, not without your knowing. I didn't want to lie to you. Now, I have no right in telling this to you. It's dangerous for you, and it's dangerous for them. I'm sorry, I just couldn't stop myself. You can do what you want to. You can tell your dad anything. I don't care. I just needed you to know I don't know what I'm doing. And I love you.
3: <laughs> Emotional and deep. And my favorite moment in this film is when he auditions for Juilliard. He gets done playing a piano and goes from heavily concentrated in the piece of music and he stops just for a second and switches thought back to the moment. This is a rare moment to capture for both the actor and the director. And it's quite, the moment itself is very subtle. Give a notice the next time you watch Running on Empty, and after he plays the piano and he's done with the piece. Watch his reaction. It's really good. Phoenix was nominated for an Oscar as Best Supporting Actor. Nice nomination, but the guy deserved a Best Actor nomination. I think they did this because of his age. I really do. That movie is centered around his character. He's the star. What the hell is he getting a nomination for Best Supporting Actor for? Ridiculous. But nonetheless, he was honored to get this uh, nomination. And you can see it in his interviews. Uh, And he also was so happy that Kevin Kline won the Oscar that he wanted to go up to hug him as soon as he got it. And I also wanted to note this about River Phoenix. He really did hate the Hollywood scene. I think he liked the Hollywood people, but he didn't like the whole hoopla of Hollywood. The Oscars, he thought the tradition was nice, but he wasn't all revved up to get dressed up and go out looking all on the town, looking spiffy. And He felt comfortable being who he was. Um, and I think that really appealed to me about River. I feel the same way. And an interesting thing was going on within the Phoenix household. At this time, River's dad was adamant on River and the other kids getting out of show business. He felt that his son was being corrupted. They had made enough money to sort of retire and get back to spreading their word and living a simple life. But River loved acting, and his mom agreed to keep up with acting. River was torn between lifestyles. He is quoted as saying this, The devil is so pretty and tempting. End of quote. The Last Crusade was a bit of a lark for Phoenix because he was only in the first 15 minutes of the film, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. He wasn't even a selling point in the advertising, but he nailed the role as young Harrison Ford, and the movie itself is my favorite indie film. He was approached by Lucas Films to portray the young Jones in the high-budget television series, but he declined. He wanted nothing to do with that show. <laughs> And to be quite honest with you, I was really excited to have that show come on. And I agree, River. It was a bad show. He made the right decision. Now, River was also into his music and starting a band with his sister called Elica's Attic. Now, I've heard some of their music, and i got to say, it's just not my taste. And I've watched some stuff that they did, and it just seemed to me that they were in the early stages of what I saw. And for a band, it takes time to get to feel comfortable with one another and get your rhythm going in all the right places. And because River was in a band and then he would go on and act, the band would sort of be getting into a rhythm and then he would up and leave and make a picture. So it was hard for them to stay constant. River attended the Oscar ceremony and cheered wildly for Kevin Klein, like I mentioned before. Uh, And he was very excited to work with Klein because... He was going to be in a movie with Klein called "I Love You to Death," and I love this movie to death. Okay, it was panned, and there are a lot of people that don't like it, and it didn't do well at the box office. But there is something about that movie I really like, and it's actually been a while since I've seen it, and I've been looking for it. I may have to just go on Amazon and buy it. Kevin Klein plays this—he uh, <laughs> just plays this a uh, pizza shop owner, and he's cheating at his wife, and he's a real scumbag. And Tracy Allman plays his wife. And she just can't stand the look on his face anymore. So she tries to get him killed. So River Phoenix just happens to work at this pizza shop. Well, she gets him to kill her husband. So he hires a couple of, like, you know, I think they're just hitmen. I think they're hitmen. They don't look like hitmen. They just look like a couple of sleazy guys. Like, he hires or he gets his buddies and they're uh, Keanu Reeves and William Hurt. Play the two guys that are trying to kill this guy. <laughs> Alright, it, it may sound stupid, but it's really charming and it's funny. I like the movie a lot. And if you've never seen I Love You to Death, I recommend it. Don't listen to what other people say about it. It's really good. It's funny. It's worth a shot. Okay, now to the bad stuff. Around this time, River Phoenix was taking a lot of drugs, and Martha Plimpton soon broke it off with him after the Oscars. It was just getting too much for her, and the fights were no longer worth it, she says. River formed a close bond with his castmate, Keanu Reeves. They had previously met earlier when Reeves starred alongside his girlfriend Martha and his brother Leif in Parenthood. Remember? Leif and Martha Plimpton were in Parenthood. A lot of connections going on in that movie. Um, I Love You to Death bombed at the box office. Uh, And here's a quote from River talking about his process of preparing for a role. Quote, You can't just wake up in the morning and be the character. I start off by stripping off of who I am and thinking neutral. You have to neutralize yourself. I become non-opinionated. Refusing to think from my perspective, I play mind games with myself. End of quote. Once River got into his character, it was hard for him to break away. This is extremely dangerous for actors. He had no way of distancing himself from the role. And if you remember my uh, episode on Robert De Niro, I mentioned this. And I felt that Robert De Niro, although he immersed himself quite deep into a character... He was able to separate himself. When the role or the film was over. It was easier for him to step away from it. And go ahead and be Robert De Niro again. River Phoenix had a hard time letting a character go. All these characters he was playing became a part of him. So this was a real struggle for River. And because of it. He found himself doing many drugs. Now River's dad John lost the battle of trying to run the fate of the Phoenix family and decided to leave the United States. River got him some land in Costa Rica and he also bought a Florida home for his grandparents and gave $10,000 to a cast member so he could go to school. Nice kid. Too nice. River would go on to star in his next film called Dogfight and I gotta be honest with you, I didn't know this film, at all seriously, I was a big River Phoenix fan, right? And I was going over his uh roles and uh movies that he did and making sure that I had seen everything that he did. And it was about five years ago, and I'm like, Dogfight, what the hell is that? <laughs> so I couldn't wait to see it. I'm like, Awesome, yeah, I haven't there's actually something out there I didn't see of River. So when I popped this one in five years ago, I loved it. I thought it was really good. His performance, and you could tell, he dived deep into this role. And it's just kind of a darker feel to it. He just looks really moody during the whole film. He just pissed. Uh, But like I said, I I liked it very much. And uh, I guess this is an interesting story. There was a party that was thrown after the filming. And they all partied hard. But River was the loudest and was described by a party member as being on a mean streak. He just wanted to get into a fight, just like a marine would, because that's what he played in the movie.
4: Shakespeare, Henry, Little Henry 4-5, and Street Hustlers. Oh yeah. I got this script from Gus Van Sant. A bold script, very refreshing, moving, touching, funny. River was like, let's do this. And I was, let's do this. Well, I can't talk about my own private Idaho without talking about River. Extraordinary person. Extraordinary. Original. Great heart. Great mind. Great spirit. We're in Italy. <laughs> and we're shooting this scene where uh we're uh Mike and I are uh, out in Italy with the girl and I uh, was on this farm. It was a sheep farm. There was like sheep. You know, we're hanging out in between takes and hanging out with the river. We're just watching the sheep play and, you know, jumping around the hay and everything like that. We're taking a walk back and, uh, to the house. <laughs> we come by and there's these uh, two sheep hanging uh, with their blood coming out. The gentleman uh, slit the sheep and then pulled its skin off. But when it got to the head, it had to give, he had to give it this tug. (sighs) And he pulled it off and then River just kind of like, he's standing there and he turns to me, he's like, sweater's tight. And so to get the chance to uh, play with him, to be a partner with him in this world that Gus Van put together, just really a great, togetherness, a great uh, energy, a great exploration, a great uh, people saying yes and, you know, at the, at the core of this, at the center of this was, uh, was River. Talking about my own private Idaho. My own private Idaho. 90-91. Enjoy the movie. Enjoy the film. That's a film. That's not a movie.
3: Keanu Reeves hopped on his motorcycle and drove over 1,000 miles to Florida to see his friend, River Phoenix. It wasn't a courtesy call, but he had with him a script he wanted River to take a look at called My Own Private Idaho. Reeves was excited to do it, and he wanted River along for the ride. After reading the script and finding out that Gus Van Sant would direct it, he was ready to take the plunge. Van Sant had directed one of River's favorite movies, Drugstore Cowboy. The subject matter had his family, agent, and some of his friends very nervous. He was to play a street hustler, some sensitive and dangerous material. Once again, Phoenix went headfirst in preparing for the role. And Mike Parker, the young man he would portray in the film, said that River went as far as dabbling with queer sex. Parker felt... ...that he was just curious and not gay. He just wanted to understand it. Daniel Day-Lewis was supposed to play Bob... ...but River wanted his friend and the director of Jimmy Reardon to do it instead. The director didn't want to do it, but River insisted. I guess River just kept on coming over to this guy's house every day, every night... ...begging him, pleading with him, even taking Gus Van Sant with him sometimes. Bringing food, bringing wine bringing beer, anything this guy loved. And the one time, he sat outside his house until he came out, and then he begged again. So what happened was, Gus Van Sant said, listen, River, he's not going to do it. we got to hire somebody. He's like, all right. So Gus Van Sant hired uh, an actor, right? And the actor was just horrible. It just wasn't working, and Gus Van Sant fired him. They called up the the director of uh, Jimmy Ridden, whose name was William Richard and said listen you're going to come down here right now and you're going to do this movie please so he's like what you fired the other guy already I guess it was a couple of days they fired this guy already and they said you're the only person that can play this role River wants you to do it get your ass down here and play the role and he did River got him to do it he won the battle so this is also what happened River and most of the cast moved into Van Sant's house. Flea, from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who was in the film, he was there. And uh, Rick, you know Reeves was there, Keanu Reeves was there. And uh, some street hustlers that they were doing research on, and that the film was supposed to be about, they were there. And Van Sant decided to move out of his house for the remainder of the shoot. And I think that was probably a good idea. The cast, they just took over. River would be blissed out and play to the point of exhaustion and then fall asleep with his guitar in his arms. River would also go out at night and walk the streets for research. He learned the lingo and the moves, the looks, and he found heroin. It wasn't long before casual use became intense and a problem. So sad. I can honestly say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, That River Phoenix became his character. And it showed through the lens of the camera. And into our theater. And our homes. By God. The film itself. Isn't for everyone of course. But this performance is legendary. So crisp. Truthful. Sad. Honest. And real. You can. You can even watch. Some deleted scenes that are on YouTube. And Gus Van Sant was filming River just being his character, Mike. Just standing up against a wall. Being Mike. For minutes at a time. No dialogue. Just standing there. Feeling something. Really being there. I mean, that is artistic stuff. And it's real. The guy was a true artist through and through. And it was a beautiful thing to watch. Idaho was River's greatest accomplishment as an actor, but it was also his greatest demise because he fell deeper and deeper into the abyss of drugs and alcohol. The thing is, he was a binge user. He could be off for a period of time, not do any drugs, and then go all out and scare the living shit out of everybody close to him. River's long-standing dream was to use his earnings from film, And buy land to set up a safe place for damaged children. So sweet. Because he was a damaged child. Think about it. Phoenix was offered many projects but turned a lot down. Because the scripts were just not right for him. Films like Sliver were just not for River Phoenix. But he did campaign to be in A River Runs Through It. He even auditioned for it and hoped for the best. But the role he wanted went to Brad Pitt. And a really nice performance by Pitt. But it would have been interesting to see River in that role. Sneakers was next in 1992. He played a nerd again, and it was a fun role for him. I can see what he was doing, and it was funny. Uh, He never did the same kind of movie back-to-back. Take a look at that. I mean, he never did. It was always something different every time. The roles were always different. He bonded with Dan Aykroyd on set. The film also had Robert Redford, Ben Kingsley, Sidney Potier, Mary McDonald, and James Earl Jones. River is good at making choices in his films. If you watch Sneakers, he does a lot of this in this movie. Little things. Uh, you may miss it, but they're there. Watch the film. You can see it. Uh, filming um, on this movie took five months. And there was much downtime. So River stayed with Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. And there were many drugs to partake, Jim Dobson, who had been the publicist on Jimmy Reardon, saw River for the first time in years and was amazed at the transformation. He says that he was 100% different. He had gone from a cute, well-groomed kid to someone who wouldn't bathe, and his face was very gray. Aykroyd tried to convince River Phoenix to lay off of heroin because he lost his dear friend John Belushi in the same matter, and he could see it happening in River. Silent Tongue was next up, and this one is boring. (laughs) I gotta say, that I have seen this a few times, and I hope the second viewing would be better, but guess what, not really. It's slow moving, and River just doesn't have enough dialogue. Uh, it, It just... I I know I understand that some acting is really good without dialogue. I get it. Believe me, I get it. I just I didn't see it in this one. Maybe this is when River really started to go a little downhill, um, especially in his acting. It wasn't top-notch as it was earlier. Sam Shepard wrote it and was intrigued with River because he never could figure him out. I want to bring up River's dad for a moment. John. Uh, John... <laughs> He never was a dad to River. I think that he tried to be more of a friend to River. And kids need a dad and a mom. Okay? I think his mom was more like a mom. I don't know for sure. I don't know. I'm just, you know, making an opinion on this. But John missed the mark. And River would find father figures in his life. uh, Time after time. To sort of fill that gap in himself. And I just wanted to point that out real quick about his dad. I think his dad meant really well. But he just he went about it the wrong way. Okay. Um, he then took on the role of a country singer in the film The Thing Called Love. Good movie. I liked it. A lot of people panned it. Said that uh, Rivers' acting was bad in it. and It's not. It's not bad. He looked like he was on drugs. Yes. And he probably was. He didn't look like himself. I get it. But I still was very impressed with not only his acting, but his uh, performance, singing and playing guitar in this film. I liked it very much. And I said earlier, I really didn't care for um, his uh, band that he was doing, that Attic band it was called. I really didn't like too much of their songs. But it might have been early in their progression. I, maybe I saw a bad performance, who knows. But I really loved River's voice And his musical ability in this film. And Samantha Mathis was also in this movie. And she is cute as hell. (laughs) And they actually started something after this film. Dark Blood was his next and last film. River's dad begged him to quit the movie business. And move down to Costa Rica. It was time, he said. Please, just quit and come live with me. Make things right again. He told his dad that he had a three-picture deal he had to fulfill. First Dark Blood, then Interview with the Vampire, and finally The Man in the Iron Mask. Then I will quit and move down to Costa Rica and live with you. As it turned out, John said, that was too many. When River left Costa Rica, he said, I will see you after this movie, Dad. Enough said. Dark River was a bad experience for River. Although he got along with Jonathan Price, who was also in the film, he struggled in working with Judy Davis. River dreaded coming to the set for the first time, and it devastated him. River also had problems with his lines and would forget them. Not good. Every day, there was some sort of difficulty. He even felt that he should quit acting. There was a break in the shoot and River headed right to Los Angeles and started a drug binge. He partied hard, and then showed up to the set a few days later, showing it on his face, and his body was fatigued. The shoot wrapped, and River was exhausted, but his brother was coming into town, and Samantha Mathis was also there. They wanted to hang out, and the night was so young, and River obliged. Joaquin wanted to go to the Viper Room, Because Flea and Johnny Depp would be performing there. It was uh, in the Viper Room. was Johnny Depp's uh, nightclub. And this was in the early stages of the club. It had only been open for a few months. On the way to the Viper Room. River passed a few Hollywood parties. And the streets were filled with people. A young Leonardo DiCaprio remembers being in the street. And seeing River pass by him. They had never met. And he wanted to say hello, but it was too late. River was beyond his grasp and ours as well. River had been using drugs that day and was given a drink by someone at the club. I don't know who the person was that gave him this drink. But if this is true, the guy that gave him the drink, gave him a drink filled half with heroin and half cocaine. A speedball drink. He didn't tell River what was in it, but he said that if he drank it, he would feel wonderful. So River trusted his friend and drank it immediately and felt ill right away. What did you give me? He said. Fucking sad. And that's all I have to say about his death. (sighs) I went a bit over uh, my regular time in this episode, but I really wanted to give River special attention. I have to admit, he's one of my idols. And, you know, we come from the same era. Um, We're about the same age. He's older than me. Uh, But we kind of grew up in the same era. Uh, And he did movies when I was around that age. So I really looked up to him. Um, He was a good looking guy. He had a lot of talent. Everybody seemed to like him, and he was somebody that I admired very much. And there was a casting director a long time ago that told me I reminded him of River and was the greatest compliment of my life. He was one of those rare human beings that was incredibly beautiful on the inside and the outside. Not too many artists have captured moments like River Phoenix. I will never forget him. And his talent. I hope you are happy, River, wherever you are. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of River Phoenix in the Actors Room. A very emotional podcast episode for me. Um, it was um, it was really hard to do this week. I went into it very excited. And I still am very happy that I did uh, the River Phoenix episode. I found out things that I wish I didn't about him. Um, and I hope I didn't ruin anything about River Phoenix. I'm hoping I don't do that for anybody that didn't know the certain things that went on in his life. But you know what? They They were a part of his life. And people go through shit like that. And I think a lot of people out there have gone through the same things that River has gone through. And uh, most people struggle with it and others do not. They find a way. They break through. Um, River was a very sensitive, impressionable young artist. And uh, unfortunately, he gave in to drugs and alcohol and those vices that really destroy you. It's very unfortunate and sad, but it happens. But we have to watch his performances that were so wonderful to watch. Enjoy them. Appreciate them. And remember that youthful, young talent that was River Phoenix. Go ahead, please give reviews and comments um, on iTunes. And uh, go ahead and have a fantastic night, a fantastic day. For me, it's a Monday, and the week started off really good. I'm having a great day, and I hope that you had a great day too. Go ahead and put in that scary movie tonight. Some of you might be be, uh, listening right now, okay? Okay it's Halloween, right, and enjoy the holiday, watch a scary movie, get yourself freaked out, it's okay, you know, it's fine, everybody loves that, so go ahead and do it, oh, I'm sorry, not everybody, my wife hates that, <laughs> I think deep down, she she loves it, but she just won't admit it, she likes to be scared, but she won't let it happen, and, and be okay with it, but Hey, I am. I enjoy a lot. Uh, So I'm going to put in uh, Stranger Things tonight. I'm going to watch episode number three tonight. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of it. Okay, everybody. Happy Halloween. Enjoy yourself. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Have a good one.